and welcome to the Eastern Kicks podcast, a regular magazine program about East Asian film led by me, Andrew Heskins, founder and grandmaster of EastonKicks.com, and James Mudge, our leading writer. Hey, Each episode, we'll be taking a look at the latest films, news, and festivals, often chatting to filmmakers and stars along the way. Welcome to the latest episode. Once again, we're going to be running through our Eastern Kicks picks for the month. A curated selection of the new and upcoming releases across streaming services and cinemas. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But before we get on to all that, we have the important question. Yes, yes. Um, What are you drinking this episode, James? uh, Well, since I'm, you know, again, actually in London, uh, Mm. quite missing uh, Scotland and Scottish alcohol, to be precise, (laughs) as I have been complaining a huge amount about the fact that the only beer which seems to be in the pubs on the taps is IPAs. So... Very happy not to have an IPA today. I had to have something Scottish, in fact. McEwen's champion, 7.3%. Ooh, which wow. you, don't, you don't really see in Scotland very often. But they, anything, because of the, without getting into a, a political <laughs> rant here, it's fair to say that pricing measures are very different in Scotland. They're much harsher, draconian, mm. I would say. So high strength, higher strength beers or proper higher strength beers. This isn't mm. like a tenant's super or anything. Yeah. Like it's actually a, an award winning one. But this kind of beer is not so common so I think just even in terms of your beloved like Abbey beers and whatnot and everything you would you may struggle a bit <laughs> north of north of the wall so uh, but yeah 7.3% well, very nice very another nice reason beer. to keep several. and and uh, I think you win this episode but um in honor of this you mm-hmm. this being your last few days yes and our last well, podcast uh, for a while mm-hmm. with you being in London I've got a bit of uh, London Porter oh nice it's, so it's, it, is, it does look a good like, dark Proper dark, porter. Dark proper porter. Mm. Um, What's the percent? It's five percent. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Which is acceptable. You know, yeah, for some of the porters when they get too high a percentage, they get a bit too treacly for my mm. for my liking. Whereas I can see from here that's got a little not fizz to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very good. Yeah, very definitely. Good. Some of those had some in the past. Those twelve percenters that are. Yeah, they're just mm. like porridge. Mm. <laughs> treacly porridge. <laughs> So nice. let's get on to looking at what there is sure. on the popular streamers. Yes, sure. Um, I mean, I'll mention one from Shudder first. Not that it's mm. not new; it's been there for uh, a few months. But I just that was before we started really doing uh, the, these EK picks. Uh, Bloodflower, mm-hmm. uh, a Malaysian one for uh, 2022, uh, and I've just you know reviewed it for the Sykes. So I, I came across, gave it a watch, but it's very good. I, I really, mm. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, to be Fair, I seem to have enjoyed it more than other people did. Not that there was any bad reviews for it, but it's it's like an exorcism film. Yeah. But a western, if you know, like a western style exorcism film done over in Malaysia mm. with sort of you know, obviously Islam being yeah. religion. Yeah. So it's not like sometimes when we see you know the Gong Tao films, the Black Magic films, or like the Indonesian folk horror films, which we 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 both really like. They're they're very much just like that's an Indonesian film. Very mm. everything about it is Indonesian. It's not like a Indonesian take on a Western genre, whereas Bloodflower to me felt a lot more like it was kind of, uh, you know, it's wholly culturally mm. Malaysian, but at the same time, it, it is an exorcism film in the sense of <laughs> an exorcism film, you know, like with a young boy who comes from a family who who have sort of like spiritual healing and exorcism uh, powers, or, uh, and he doesn't want his power, but then it keeps coming back to him, and he finds a use for it, and there's a curse and a demon and stuff. But mm. it, I thought it was very good. Uh, and the, 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 the blood flower actually is in it. I mean, it, it's it's pretty random. Like, the, the neighbour uh, just 
owns like a giant room full of exotic plants and there's a giant blood flower which is a real thing like there is actually a real flower and it's giant and it's in the middle and it doesn't really have much to do with the film but right. <laughs> it is there so I thought that was a nice touch so yes I would definitely yeah. recommend it you can read my review uh, the director's uh, uh, Dane Side uh, yeah. a couple of films which uh, I think we, we both saw like Bunohan which was quite controversial um, well, there was another one, wasn't there? It was um, which you've seen? I have like, interchange. Interchange, I thought was um, quite. It was trying to. I think. I mean, so so, Dane had has kind of roots from Malaysia and from the UK mm-hmm. and from London. So I think you know he, he's, right, yeah. he's he's kind of mixed up a lot of these influences sure. before. Mm-hmm. Um, Interchange, I thought, didn't really work, but it's got, it had a lot of sort of weird mystical stuff. Is that sci-fi? Of, it's, it's sort of more fantasy, really. Because kind of, it covers one of those classic ones where it's like, people's faces looking like surprised mm. so I couldn't really, like, just from the poster I couldn't tell actually but it was a little blue and looked like some lightning or something on it so I, I thought it might have been sci-fi but it didn't look like a horror either way no it was I mean it was quite it was quite weird as I remember um not massively successful the other one that I, well, that I think we saw was Duck Earn, which was mm-hmm. the one okay. that uh I think he shot Quite a long time ago, yes, and, and then yeah. and then it, he kind of finally finished it off quite recently, yeah, and released. It. I think it was at Five Flavors and Upper Festival, right, right, right. Okay. Again. Well. Um, it's interesting. This does sound like it's uh, quite a lot more solid and uh, yes, consistent than some of these other films. Yeah, yeah, definitely consistent. The right word. Yeah, it's it's the pacing's a little slow in places, but it, it is you know it all comes together. Put it put it that way, um, and it's interesting as well to see. Obviously, Netflix has a lot of the Indonesian ones. The folk, pretty much all the the key ones are the Indonesian folk mm-hmm. parts. So it's interesting to see, you know, which other Southeast Asian countries they're getting stuff from. I mean, then there could well be another couple of ones hidden on there, which I just haven't delved into enough. Is because sometimes with the, I mean, probably the reason I miss Blood Flowers because it's not it's not a name which really jumps out at you. No. If, you if you look through Shutter, there's so many films with very similar names which are trying to sound kind of like horror ish rather mm. than horror so after a while I skim past a lot of stuff so I might dive back in I might dive back in and see if there's any other interesting stuff on there but yeah I would recommend Blood Flower cool um, Netflix then I suppose. let's move on to Netflix, Netflix. Yeah. Uh, first one to mention we mentioned it last time but I've seen it now and reviewed it Badland Hunters yep uh, with our man Don Lee. Don Lee, as he's, he's <laughs> calling uh, himself now. Yeah, actually, it kind of depends on which platform. It, it's, does, he go by, does he go by Don Lee in Korea, though? Is, the, is what I, do. I don't know the answer to that, because we used to, we'll see his name in. Mm. Korea, anything where I see his name written, um, where there's a chance, like, you know, Wikipedia, mm. where there'd be a chance to put it in, like, the um, romanticised, you know, the, whatever the pinyin is for, the word for the like, Korean pinyin is, uh, they always still call him Don Lee. But I don't know if in Korea he's Don Lee. If you know what I mean, if he oh, changes yeah, yeah, into yeah, Korean yeah, characters, yeah. not that it massively matters. But I should probably stop in reviews putting Don Lee, aka Masashi, <laughs> because by now I think everybody just knows him as Don Don Lee. Certainly in the West. So anyway, it's a very good film. I, I really enjoyed it. Surprisingly, given how a lot of these Netflix productions, whether they're the Korean ones or not, are pretty bad. But this is a lot of fun. It's not very long, like an hour and forty minutes or just over post-apocalyptic brawler. 
you know, he fights a mm. crocodile at the start, and he just keeps punching people all the way through. <laughs> Sounds like his favourite kind oh, of thing. Oh, he just does himself. He just plays himself, but in a good, you know, yeah, in yeah. that way where he's got a very good on-screen persona, and the film just makes really makes the most of it. So a lot of action, that surprising amount of gore, but not too much in the sort of CGI or green screen stuff. Is there much connection? Because it, it, this is the, the mm. we brought it up in the last. When we talked about it, uh, uh, this being a sequel. Could, yes, I. I mean, because we haven't seen the first one. Um, it, it is. I mean, everywhere it's listed as being that. So mm. there is. It's not any kind of spoiler. And basically, Badland Hunters is you know it's post apocalyptic, and he's he's not really a hunter to be honest. It's just that some religious cult comes to his, the little very very typical sort of collection of huts <laughs> kind of badland wasteland settlement type thing where he's always being pursued by some elderly woman who's trying to tempt him with booze I mean, mm-hmm. uh, that's about as deep as his character development gets <laughs> in the film but the young girl you know agrees to go off with this cult to go for a better life and it turns out the mad scientist blah 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 uh, but they're living in like an old the ruins of an old like apartment block so I don't know if that's the one from the first film because it's this must yeah. the first film it's, it's kind of the from what I've read it's 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 when everything breaks down isn't it that's yeah the kind of but it's the line. present day yeah whereas this is way this is you know there's no sci-fi tech there's nothing like that yeah but it, it, this is clearly supposed to be far in the future so yeah. zero reference to characters being from the first film mm. uh, and if they if they did then the world has very very quickly gone from whatever kind of disaster to you know basically a desert mm. so I don't think it it can't it, you know the, the connection must be thematic I suppose but there's no references to it or anything so mm. um, I don't know but I'd still be interested to see the first one because it mm. sounds, sounds quite fun but um, but no I don't I don't put it this way it's not going to impede your enjoyment yeah. there might yeah. be more you'd get out of it if you know what the, the disaster or whatever has happened the apocalypse has been but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think seeing this would spoil the first one either for you. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I, I really enjoyed that. Much better than I thought it would be. So I would definitely recommend that. Uh, next up, a horror uh, from Thailand called Home for Rent, uh, which is a, a new one as well. From and So my pronunciation of Thai is going to be, name is going to be worse than my already not very good pronunciation of other language. But uh, so fun... Um, Sakta visit. No, uh, with mm. apologies to him, because I'm sure he, I'm sure he's listening. But he's a fellow who wrote Shudder, Shutter, mm. uh, which is a fantastic film. And he directed. Last kind of, I mean, that was a kind of one of the real breakthroughs. It was kind of tired yeah. horrors, wasn't it? And he got remade in the US by the Japanese director who did like Infection and stuff like that, whose name <laughs> escapes me at the moment. Mm. But it's a weird choice for a remake director, and it was a very bad remake anyway. But um, he also did stuff like The Swimmers, and he wrote quite a lot of. Uh, other Thai horrors yeah. both from that period and sort of coming up to it so I've heard it's pretty good Cub you know the director I worked with said it's very good he recommended it to me it's a true story about a family moving into a new home and guess what like strange things seem to happen connected to the previous <laughs> inhabitants there, there's a young oh, there's a great young daughter who sees things tells her dad but nobody believes her of course not uh, it's one hour and four minutes but you know <laughs> sorry what, no, two hours and four minutes rather mm, so mm. That, that's the downside but it seems like a lot of these recent Thai films are almost exactly the same running list because there's been a few other ones added like The Whole Truth and The Murderer um, both uh, are too long as well like I haven't I haven't dived into them I started watching The Murderer but I fell asleep so it was a bit dull 
Uh, it was supposed to have been good, but it just it takes me completely out of it. It's about like an expat Western guy who gets accused of murder, and it's kind of odd odd tone. But the guy's acting is awful, and it's that thing where you get English language acting in an Asian film, and it's so distractingly bad that it just completely takes you out of watching the film. But uh, but both of those are by like Visit Sasan Sasan who he did part of Ten Years Thai Thailand as well. But um, I don't know. It's, so it's interesting to see Thai horror. I don't know if we can say coming back, but you know, in the early two thousands, there was quite a lot of Thai horror, especially yeah post Shutter. There's a lot of good anthologies and whatnot. So I mean, he's got quite a career now, hasn't he? Kind of yes, because he's he's, yeah. he's going all the way back to Tears of the Black Tiger. Yes, that's right. That's and right. Citizen Dog, which I remember quite liking. I very remember weird. both of those. Yeah. I remember both of those fondly. Yeah, especially. But then Tears more, of the Black Tiger. more kind of. Obviously, more horrors mm. kind of since then, which is which is interesting actually. I thought he had a kind of a nice eye for sort of mm -hmm. comedy and kind of more kind of cult kind of playing around with sort of. Yes, and I I think the murder is supposed to be like that because um, it's quite it is quite colourful and kind of a over the top lurid way, um, but just the acting just couldn't well, I couldn't I couldn't stomach how bad the actual acting mm. how bad the actual acting was and it wasn't an actor I'd ever heard of or knew anything about so I suspect it might just been some real local expat <laughs> I don't know man I don't know but um, I, I think I will check out Home for Rent since it's been recommended I just need to find a time where I have two hours and four minutes to spare which isn't that often really <laughs> but we'll see okay uh, from Taiwan we've got uh, Lost in Perfection which apparently used to be called uh, Love is a Bitch and the name was the name was changed. Um, so it's a true crime one, but filtered through through melodrama. By the look of it, uh, it's based on a real case from Japan in the seventies mm -hmm. called the uh, the Konkatsu Killer. Uh, her real name was uh, Kijimi Kane, uh, and the script was kind of based on her. She was also referred to as the Ugly Femme Fatale. So <laughs> this is kind of about like a news reporter whose father falls foul of a romance scammer who's also been accused of murdering her, her last few boyfriends. But from whatever, I haven't seen it, but, you know, from what I can gather from people's reviews and trailers, yeah, it leans very much into the melodrama uh, side of it, which doesn't make it sound too too interesting, <laughs> to be honest. It's directed by uh, Sun Yin Sung, who did uh, Unhappiness Road, which won quite a few prizes, so... Uh, I don't know the, the poster mm. is so dull for this as well and the trailer is so dull it, everything about it looks kind of beige <laughs> and just people's faces not even looking over the top melodrama or, or hysterical so it just looks pretty middle of the road I don't know I, I'm not going to give it a go it's interesting that it's on there just because it, it doesn't seem like a, a that obvious a choice and we'll get on to more Thai, Taiwan stuff because obviously there's been a lot as we said a, a few times, there's been a lot more Taiwan stuff seems to be landing on Netflix. Yeah, definitely. Especially definitely. horror uh, yeah. and some romance stuff as well. So this one just seems somewhere in the middle of it all. But I don't know, I'm just building up the content library, uh, I guess. Or since Netflix is you're becoming more popular in other countries, maybe what we're seeing is just some of these titles are just filtering through uh, mm. as part of that. They're, they're not, you know what I mean? They're not acquiring it for the Western market. It's on Netflix Thailand, in Taiwan yeah, rather. Taiwan, yeah. And so we just get some of the stuff filtering through. Maybe it was very popular getting the clicks out there. And, and so some of them filter through. I suspect for some of these films, that might be the way. I mean, just even some of the other ones from around Southeast Asia, I'll mention them. Um, mm. The same, I suspect, might be true for some of these because uh, I was going to say The Last Wife, which is a Vietnamese one from 2023, mm. which 
I mean, it, it looks fine. It, it's a, it's like it's based on a novel from there about a young girl who's forced to marry a, an older governor who has already has two wives because they can't produce children for him. So, Sounds very like the third wife. Yes, I from what I from what again I haven't seen it. But I read the reviews. Apparently, it makes bizarre references to it. So I'm not sure in what because the, the, yeah. the this looks handsome production values, yeah. blah blah blah, that kind of historical drama. But apparently, it's got some really weird bits of awkward comedy. In, in there which kind of take you out of the film so I, I, I don't know I'm, I'm not really that interested to see it because again it's, it's fairly long but it's 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 interesting as well and it actually got a release in US cinemas and Canadian mm. cinemas this one too I mean not over here by some company I've never heard of called 3388 Films it's a new one, <laughs> new one on, and if we don't know it then nobody knows them but yeah and it's a Vietnamese American director called uh, Victor Vu as well who has been making films for about 20 years though I hadn't really heard of any of this, any of this stuff when, when I looked through his filmography. So, so, so yeah, I, it sounds like that it's it's fairly solid bit of commentary mm. about the rich versus the poor, but it's still essentially a historical melodrama. Mm. Uh, yeah. In there, I don't I don't think there's too much going on. So, yeah, if you're into that kind of thing, it's probably not a bad thing. But I suspect it must have been, because it was very popular in in Vietnam. It did well at the box office. So I okay. suspect. That might be another one, like as we just said with the mm. um, the Taiwan film there, that it might have just filtered through as a result. And, and same for the next one too, like uh, as if it's true, Filipino film, twenty twenty three, and it's similar kind of thing. It, it's a, a sort of drama romance, directed by a fellow called John Rogers. Uh, it's about an influencer and a struggling musician who, who seems to set up a kind of not fake relationship, but a relationship based on boosting their profiles and everything online. And apparently, it's. Apparently it does get into not dark, dark territory, but some mental health issues and exploitation relationships, not in a like a sleazy way, but just back and forth and mm. everything. So it, it doesn't really sound very interesting, but I, the only interesting thing about it, apart from the fact that, as we say, it's an, it is interesting to see these different countries, Asian title, you know, different countries actually appearing on Netflix, which we, we weren't getting much of before. Um, but... You know, social. It's another one like in the line of like, so many films I think coming out from Asia are seem to be social media themed. You know, these days we've had quite a few from Hong Kong. Uh, even when you think about from Taiwan, like the and we'll get on to another bridge curse. I think it's yeah, it's bridge curse. The new one we're going to say it's like it's usual as a rope or bridge. Um, but so most of those are based around social media, one way or the other. Like young yeah, young yeah. influencers doing this. So this seems to tie into that. You know, kind of thing again, just. Exp- exploring whether it's in depth or not uh the relationship between social media and real life for for younger people or younger generations and so i think it ties in with that trend and everything but hmm. um again as a romance and everything it's not really not necessarily for for us i think <laughs> if it was a, a big award-winning one then maybe although although having said that that actually ties in neatly to just completely undermine what I said for our next one, like Past Lives. <laughs> it's a right, That's a romantic drama. Uh, again, it's an award-winning one, but it hasn't made me want to see it. So <laughs> I was a bit, yeah, I will watch it because cause it's, it's so talked about and everything. I kind of feel like it's odd that me working in the sort of Asian cinema area haven't actually seen it. But it's, I don't know, it still doesn't seem interesting to me. It might just be the way the trailer is or what people say about it. It seems like there's going to be a lot of staring out of windows. If you know what I mean. You love staring at windows. Oh Christ! That that was that one I saw recently. The 
All of us are strangers. All of us are strangers. So much staring out of windows, train windows, rain, <laughs> rain dripping down the windows. I, I, my flat here, right? I, I've got like a, bu- a great view, right? Over yeah. Over Wharf. Big, big sort of balcony door. Window. I never stand there with my, my hands on the glass looking out as if the rain is my own tears. I've never done that. But this is so many... Ah, anyway. <laughs> anyway, I... I, I Going off on a ranting tangent. Uh, it's coming on 14th of Feb or 15th of Feb, so I, maybe it's a Valentine's Day. Mm. But it does seem very much like a, one of these sort of wistful, bittersweet looks back about two people who almost came together many times but never did come, you know, that kind of thing. It's yeah. not really my, not really my bag. But it's interesting, I suppose, just because it, it's, it had a lot of awards talk but it doesn't seem to have been picking up anything and it didn't really get so many nominations at the Oscars not that the Oscars are a, you Any know kind of, yeah <laughs> and that director's new film is going into production soon as well which is possibly one of the other reasons why this is added now just to, her name's out there for quite a few different reasons so mm. anyway past lives yeah so now the, yeah, the main event um, <laughs> The Bridge Curse Ritual, <laughs> which is it is a new one as well. Um, I just they're just blurring together, and I have seen them all, and I will dutifully watch this. I'm actually quite looking forward to it for for no reason other than oh, I may as well watch another Taiwanese something curse film. Um, and it is again, it's about another. Uh, and I'll actually I'll read out the the plot thing. It's very short, and it doesn't make too much sense. An architect disrupted the school during construction and turned it into supernatural entities. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they turned the school into super. I, oh knows, dear! Years later, an augmented game involving dark rituals happens when a group of students unleash a swarm of evil spirits into the world. So the augmented game happens, or I, I don't know. I, mean, I have a lot of questions after reading that synopsis, and that's the Netflix synopsis too. That's that's not a that's not one no, of the, no, not, no. not from the sort of classic no. back of the DVD Hong Kong no, DVD. Exactly. I've, era. Not, I've not cynically gone and found a badly written one just for gags. Uh, that is what's written on Netflix. But as I said before, it is again the tying into like influencers, AR games, and everything. So it's very much part of that. But, but yeah, they're just all blurring together, and it's mostly the same guys writing and directing the Bridge Curse and the Rope Curse, and the Bridge Curse. Uh, I thought there was more entries. This is only the second one, though there is a video game uh, called the the Bridge Curse Road to Salvation, which I'm not going to look out and, and try and find it. But it's it's interesting enough, you know. It's Lester. Uh, he did the first Bridge Curse, uh, and he worked on some of the Rope Curse stuff. And it's the same writers, and the you know they they did the the writers also wrote the Rope Curse three. See the words rope and bridge now are just losing all meaning to me. Just even in this short, in this very short bit. But uh, the rope curse three I didn't like very much. Uh, I think these films are generally pretty solid. And the rope curse three was the first one I thought. You know, they they weren't even just taking boxes. It was about like a not just an influencer, but a parkour indoor parkour influencer. So he goes to a ho- like the haunted hotel and jumps off walls a lot. And a couple of his friends dress up as ghosts to try and scare him. And it turns out there really is a ghost in there and it doesn't really do much. And most of it is indoor parkour, which I don't... I struggle with outdoor parkour too. I mean, probably because I'm not exactly athletic. But it's, <laughs> indoor parkour, I don't... I mean, you think about parkour, right? I didn't even know there was, there was such a thing. You know, Surely that's like, like going to the gym and just jumping over a... Yeah, you the, know, there's not the, much the, space. Exactly. Running up the, the ladders and, and going, jumping over to one of those uh, no. horse things. No, I, I, <laughs> I agree. So it's, uh, anyway, so the, the, my review for the Rope Curse 3 will be up on uh, Eastern Kicks soon, but I don't, 
didn't really like it very much. But um, I don't have high. I won't say I've got high hopes for this Bridge Curse one, but I'm definitely going to watch it, and I'm <laughs> reasonably well disposed towards it, even before I see it. So <laughs> you should you should dive into some of them sometime, or at least one or two, and just see mm. what you see what you think of them, just from the point of view of them clearly representing a pretty substantial part of Taiwan's horror production. Yeah. No, yeah. which is, you know, without going off about it too much, that's, it's, it's making it very difficult to fund any kind of other horror films in Taiwan. You know, part, anything has to be kind of these very youth-oriented um, with some sort of tech or online angle. Because, you know, we're working on a film to shoot in Taiwan and the, the investors out there, that's because these films are low budget, obviously they're for the Taiwan market, but Again, the net because of the Netflix connection they're getting out there, they they want more stuff along those lines. So, if they keep, which it looks like they will, they'll just keep making these kind of films over and over again. Then at some point, the the curse bubble is going to burst, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see what comes. We'll see what comes after that. But, but yeah, that that's it for Netflix. There's nothing else really. They've got listed as being upcoming. I would say Netflix are getting slightly more not random, but. The because they're they're picking up a lot more content or a lot more things are filtering through now. Mm. So a lot of things like you know with past lives are appear a lot quicker than than they used to. Just in terms of the window from when they're announced to when they actually appear. Yeah. You know before you you get you get the odd one still like uh, you know three body problem which mm. I'm sure will, will be one of our next episodes because it's about a month away. Yeah. Just over yeah. a month away. So some things are announced are very far off, but mm. in terms of the films. It's it's quite random in terms of how stuff is actually popping yeah. up, um, which is agree. which is okay. I, mm. I, I, there's no don't have any kind of problem with it, and it's interesting to see some of the 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 greater I don't know the greater range of stuff. But we, this also might be kind of the tail end of the you know the the huge production lull we we had in the states and in the west due to the you know the actor strikes the script yes. strikes. Yeah. So that might be another reason so we might get this for another six months or 12 months while everything catches up and then suddenly <laughs> they'll be back to just some of the usual netflix junk they put on there um okay amazon right the first one to talk about uh, just briefly is expats which I haven't seen yeah the reason being that they're doing their weekly drops <sighs> yeah i don't i don't think everybody holds back until the whole thing's in so you can yeah. choose when you want to I'd, I'd be yeah, very surprised. I'd be very surprised if people don't, if people don't do that. But then uh, I, I can I, see weekly working when you've got something that everybody is watching and wants to watch. And, yeah. You know, maybe it's a, you know, maybe a, you know, when you had your kind of Game of Thrones era, or you know, I suppose you I know suppose. that that yeah. makes some kind of sense. But mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. But they're written, and, then, and they're written around that though as well. They're written around cliffhangers. They're written around stuff. Whereas a lot of these other ones, which they're doing drops, weekly mm. drops with, aren't written that way. Yeah. yeah. So you get to that. That's when, that's the other. I mean, I, I don't watch them in the weekly way because it's too annoying for me and I'm too used to just watching stuff. But the other reason is because there's been a couple of ones which have, I think have probably been okay, but then I've just tuned out because they don't end in a cliffhanger. So there, there's nothing which massively draws me towards <laughs> remembering to watch the next episode. Yeah. So they'd have to be pretty good to do that. And, yeah. And this. Expats doesn't sound very good. <laughs> a lot of the reviews have been pretty scathing. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say there was quite a bit of controversy about the shoot um, as well. Um, at least some of the the more uh, fact based ones we can say rather than rumor, and just in terms of the fact that she was allowed to shoot and bring her crew along during you know the 
the heaviest part of the lockdown mm. in Hong Kong, which kind of riled up local people, understandably, quite a lot, including opening shopping malls for her to go shopping and <laughs> things like that. So, you know, there, there's other rumors about stuff, but these are these are the parts of, there's a few things like that, which you can see and wasn't a good look, uh, I think, at all. And I, I'm guessing that's the reason it's not on Amazon in Hong Kong, um, because mm. it's, it's kind of, I think it's annoyed people. And I think other things in it as well, some of the interviews she's given, she said some pretty weird things. Oh, nobody speaks Cantonese in Hong Kong anymore. It's all Mandarin now, which <laughs> is definitely not the case. And saying how dangerous, but it was she felt safe because she had the good old Hong Kong police guarding her and everything. Again, something the, you know, Hong Kong not being safe is a nonsense anyway, but also, you know, the idea of saying something which is going to, for better or worse, is going to divide people in Hong Kong, whether you're on the side of... Um, the government or not and it, it, the way it deals with the riots uh, as well they're just some sort of throwaway thing mention of like hooligans in the streets so I, I can see why it would rile people up uh, a lot so I, it's got some okay reviews from some American critics but those reviews aren't really helping because they're praising how exotic it is so that's not great you yeah, know what I mean yeah, there's yeah. nothing there's nothing there I am going to watch it <laughs> and I will write it because again the same as past lives it's, it's an event I, I think you know, I should be part of the conversation. And I maybe it'll be good, but I, I saw this scene, which is becoming quite, what do you call, kids call it, virals? Or yeah, memes, or the viral, yeah, yeah. And Nicole Kidman dancing in a, in a Kowloon noodle bar and in a sequin dress and her bare feet and like Heart of Glass is playing. And like, mm, yeah, no, that, that's not really likely. Taking your shoes off and dancing bare feet? <laughs> no, that's, that's not a good idea. And they're just trying so hard to, Certainly not seen just to be a bit one car wide, but chunking mm. special, but fallen angels. So, no. Uh, and you can see some old local woman in the background just looking at gas. <laughs> People have zoomed right in, you can see her face. She's like, yeah, boil, boil, deal. Anyway, we, we, I suspect we'll come back to it after, after, after yeah. whether both of us take the bullet or not, we'll see. <laughs> I'm, I will, I will, I'm committed to watching it when it's all available, and I will write about it. And, May rant about it again. We'll, we'll <laughs> see. We'll see. Um, in terms of older films, I've not actually found too much more uh, mm. appearing, and I ha and I have delved in quite deeply. But I did find Zoo Warriors, you know, the original. Um, they're not the, not the remakes or anything, and it's it's definitely legit, and and it's definitely Too HD. To quit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it's definitely full on HD. Mm. Uh, you know, it's the proper proper version with the redone subtitles and mm. everything. What's interesting. And I don't quite know the answer too. Is that it doesn't have any reference to make it seem like it's the Eureka release, which is up there from Eureka. It's all the, you know um, Fortune Star on there. So I don't know how things like that work in terms of rights, which is quite interesting. But it's definitely yeah. legitimate. There's no way. It's not like somebody else has uploaded a version of it. You can tell it's it is the real thing. It's, well, it depends because mm. it it could be. You would think that if it's Eureka, it would say Eureka on it. Exactly. Because they would have uploaded it. So. But maybe yeah, maybe they just don't have online online rights. Because there are other Well, ones. they did. Cause they we did, had that, of yeah. course. Because we, we had it online for... Um, <laughs> I shouldn't forget that. Yeah. You're, no, no, you're right. You're right. So, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer to that. But it's good to have it on there. I'm sure people have seen... If you're listening to this, you must have seen Zoo Warriors. Mm. Um, but it, it's... But. You can watch it. You can never see it too many times. Frankly. Well, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> um, a rare case of actually as well. I'm going to highlight a, a new mainland film, a newish mm. mainland film, which is on there. 
uh, called The Fallen Bridge uh, from 2022. Um, it's kind of a crime noir revenge type thing where like a bridge collapses, they find a skeleton and then there's the dead guy's daughter uh, starts to investigate it, revealing some dark secrets and everything. Uh, but it's from a female director called Yu Li. And she, she, in the old days of Chinese Visual Festival, she was someone actually we wanted to bring over. Okay. Uh, yeah. not, she hasn't done like massively great stuff, but she's got a pretty interesting body of work. She did uh, Lost in Beijing, you know, the Fan Bingbing one, which got controversy because it has a bit of a nipple slip in it. Very, very, very brief and from the side, not that I looked it up at the time. Um, but that was controversial and she got into trouble. And then Buddha Mountain, she got into trouble for as well, which that's a very good film. Mm. Uh, it's very, very dark, but that's a really good film. Um, and Double Exposure, which was kind of an attempt at doing a, not a Western style, but like a genre film in a Chinese kind of context. So it's pretty interesting. Um, uh, and this film, The Fallen Bridge, it has got quite a few awards in mainland Chinese festivals, but they're mostly student festivals. But I'm guessing that doesn't mean that they're, they're festivals run by students. I think right. it's a different thing. Whereas if we said over here there's a student film festival, we would assume it was students. It was, uh, the, the film. The films from students. students, yes. Exactly. So in China, when you have a student film festival, I believe it's student organized and run. Because this is, this is not, she's been, she's, she's born in like 1972 or three. Mm. So she's not a student. Unless she's gone back to university. <laughs> Sorry. In which case, I apologize to her. I'm not casting any aspersions. But we are getting quite a lot of these kinds of films from China, I think over the last few years, I think especially since stuff like The Looming Storm back in, what, 2017. Quite a lot of these it's how long ago now? It is. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was oh, thinking, really? so, yeah. so I, was in, I saw it at Tokyo Film Festival, the premiere. Um, but you mean, in terms of the sort of, the, the sort of noir yeah. kind of stuff, because I think you can be, and even the latest one from our uh, Ripples of Life Man as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, which it, is... I haven't seen it, but yeah. And, again, is another... Noiry detective type. Yeah, thing, but, but I, I felt at that point. I know there was lots of stuff around that was like mm, that, like yeah, uh, what's in the darkness and all these kind of films. That's right. Oh, I remember that was a good film. But I, I felt like they were. It was. A, it was a way to get around certain other yes. issues by I, doing a absolutely. kind of weird noir that maybe has some bits that don't necessarily completely make sense. That you're yeah. Confusing, well, um, what well, well, the way to put it, but you're confusing the senses to go, oh, I've no idea what I'm reading, uh, so I'll just I, sign I think, on it. <laughs> I, think, I think that's definitely part of it. And also, the noir genre, to an extent, is not too too bad a fit for some of these, not sensibilities, but ways of making the films. Because in, in essence, most of these ones are about exposing corruption and things from the past and everything, which... The Chinese censors or government has never been too against the idea of oh he's exposed like this was a corrupt official who killed someone's daughter like twenty years ago mm. now he's been exposed and brought to justice, so there are you know you you can you don't have to get into too much of a moral grey area with them but still can tell quite a dark story and if you're exposing corruption, which is not being directly linked to the 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 CCP now, then I, I don't think they're against that. Yeah. So I uh, absolutely. I think it's both. And you're right. I think some of the other ones. What was that one? Back to the Wharf. Things like mm. that. That was that was that was a weird film. But again, around a noir investigation. So yeah, it's maybe it's a mini boom at the moment in those kind of films for the last five or six years. But quite a few art housey type directors have delved into it and stuff. I mean, she's not. Yeah. Again, like yeah, Yuli's not really an art housey type director, but. Um, this, this is probably reasonably interesting, uh, I think. And it, it was one, the reason I've heard of it, not just because of her, because it was quite highly anticipated in China. Um, 
and then it didn't it didn't really make as much of an impact or splash as people thought it was going to be. I'm not sure. I'm mm. not sure if there's a story why, but it was released officially. There was nothing. I never read anything about being banned or held back or anything. So anyway, that's there are a ton of other mainland ones as usual being added, but I'm not getting into those online. Made for made for WeChat, made for IGE, those type of ones because it's just that <laughs> we only we would spend the entire podcast talking about and we wouldn't know who the directors are the stars are mm. not really keen on just pure CGI anyway, the only other funny thing to mention is um, an old documentary uh, which has appeared on it called Jet Li Lethal Weapon <laughs> <laughs> it came out, I'm sure it came out on UK DVD many years ago I probably very, did it's at the sure. height of the kind of Jet Li mm. western crossovers and yeah, I, I, when this is 99, mm. so I would tie in, it's not minimized away from what Lethal Weapon 4, which she was in, so... Yeah, and then he started getting more. Yes, more of that. exactly. The, I don't know, I'm not going to watch, I just thought, I just mentioned because it it's a funny name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lee, yeah, and it's a, it's, it's a very strange name. Uh, yeah. okay, cinemas, and, cinemas and festivals, and I think the main one uh, to, to mention is The Moon Thieves. Mm. Um, which is coming out it'll be out by the time people listen to it. it's got a couple of special Chinese New Year screenings and it's coming out uh, 24th of Feb uh, from, our, from our old friend to Central City Media yeah uh, it's another I don't like calling these films boy band flicks because they're not actually about a boy band as such but there is such a movement in Hong Kong where you're getting boy band members like, into films and uh, as a way I think of attracting in younger viewers which is you know it's absolutely fine Hong Kong's mm. always had a tradition of like singers you know yeah. popular singers yeah. so it's not yeah. I don't mean they're boy band films in any other way apart from the fact that they're built around them and as usual it's another one with mirror <laughs> it's mm. what we seem to mean it so we've got three members and I'm not familiar so I did write down the names we've got Anson Lo who we have seen in a couple of things he was in It Remains and he was in a couple of others we've got uh, Eden Eden Liu, who's in Chili Love Story, which I didn't see, didn't look very good. And a Kyung To, who was in Mama's Affair, which I also didn't see, but did play, uh, I can't remember where it played, it played some festival. Uh, yeah, in, yeah, including Asian pop-up. Right, in, okay, in Chicago, okay. In maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. that's what I'm thinking yeah. of it from, but I, I didn't see it. But yeah, the three, so it's got three of the, the mirror boys in there, uh, and I think the last fellow Kyung To plays the bad guy, uh, and he doesn't seem to have done a great job of it because apparently he's I just I read a couple of reviews for it and they they see from the mirror band if you're into that kind of thing he's kind of the ultimate sort of boy next door mm. type of one <laughs> he doesn't seem to have shaken that for, for a, a villain I mean, it's not that it's going to be like a hardcore film it's kind of a, a caper a heist caper about some kind of old antique watch this looks like another kind of like breakout brothers type you know that kind of yeah, that's not a heist film you know that kind of ensemble caper type of thing uh, which is I mean, obviously Breakout Brothers were incredibly popular we sc- I can't actually remember what we screened did we do one and two or just two or just one we just did number one I think we, we, <laughs> we almost had the option of doing the whole, all three of them the trilogy yes that would not really have brought in the fans over here but they were hugely popular over in Hong Kong so fair enough but um, so this is directed by Yin Kim Wai uh, he's a producer director co-writer and everything he, he I've not really known much of his work. He, he did a Heaven in the Dark, which was a sex harassment drama, and he did Legally Declared Dead, which was a good film, and I, I reviewed for Eastern Cakes with Anthony Wong. It's another mm. take on that, you know, the Black House, uh, a Japanese one, uh, which also had a Korean 
version. And I remember thinking the Korean version was the best one. Some it's to do with like estate agents and lawyers and murder and a couple of grisly homicides which are unsolved. And this is pretty good. I get it mixed up in my head with Death Notice, but Death Notice is funnier and crazier. But this is still <laughs> pretty good. Uh, legally declared dead, but. Mm. But yeah, this for this guy. Uh, I, the other reason I remember his name is because he ran into some problems last year, and like he something about like a, uh, a music video which he, he plagiarized from somewhere else. I don't know if it was a mirror video or not. <laughs> maybe he stole. Maybe it that was a, that was a settlement. Yes, maybe maybe he maybe he like copied up one of Mirror's videos and then and they said, "Well, okay, we'll let you off if you direct our movie." <laughs> <laughs> Another thing about him is that it's his first film without Karina Lam for for. I think she's been in all these films or something for a while because they were married and now they're divorced very recently. So, <laughs> so there you go. But it's, it's a Lunar New Year film, Chinese New Year film, and it, it's that kind of slick looking. It's probably pretty fun. I'm sure it's kind of like a three, 3.5 star film or anything, but I I think it's probably a, a quite enjoyable bit of bit of fluff, mm. uh, I guess you could say. So if, it, if it's easily in a cinema near me or if we get a chance to review it, I'll, I'll take a look at it. And um, I, I think that's it. Yeah, I mean, I think you. I mean, we mentioned last time there's there's perfect days. Oh, the Vin. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's coming out. Yeah. So yeah, Vin Vendor's doing a Werner Herzog. <laughs> um, the other interesting thing is um, Evil Does Not Exist, the new one oh, from yes. Ryo Suki Hamaguchi, mm. um, best known for Drive My Car. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is has a preview probably by the time you listen to, to this this podcast is out, mm. there's a preview middle of february yeah uh bfi south bank and then they're doing screenings at the beginning of march but they've been relabeled yes from my catalogue as being preview <laughs> screenings they're doing a hell of a lot of them because it, they were down as a release that's right but the yeah. actual release of the film has been pushed back yeah from march to, to april yes yeah, so it's got a very strange situation well, for the film well, I guess you know whatever goes in the BFI catalogue stays in the BFI catalogue well yeah that's true there's not much they can do they can really do about that but maybe uh, maybe there's just some release schedule conflicting or maybe they're hoping it'll win something at the Oscars or but it's not up for an Oscar is it is it oh, I don't not, think so no I'm sure you're right I, I didn't and, really... and, and you know this is from our, our good friends Modern Films isn't it but yes uh, they kind of stuffed the release of Drive My Car uh, considering that did definitely. win an Oscar <laughs> I would say de- definitely but with this film as well and same as Drive My Car and some of the other ones I don't really get this in general, because obviously it played at London Film Festival, mm. right? I had quite a few screenings there. Yeah, at least two or three, yeah. 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 Uh, and then, so you already covered quite a lot of your market, because it's not likely to be a breakthrough breakthrough film to a, in a mainstream sense. Um, and then you have all these preview screenings. Yeah. And then you have to release it. who wants to see it will have seen it, unless they really just don't want to go to the BFI. I mean, in London, obviously. Mm. I mean, in, in nationally around. But I assume it's probably playing other... If it's previewing the BFI, it'll preview at other places. I think it'll be it. yeah, those previews. GFT. I've been at other previews around, even in London, even before. You know, oh, Christ. <laughs> There's a bit of an odd situation. And, I mean, considering that, yeah, I mean, Drive My Car, I'm getting these figures from Box Office Mojo, but mm. Drive My Car got 46,000 US dollars. That's terrible. 
You know, that's um, really... Mm. But actually, none of his films have done... I've Drive My Car did well outside of the UK. Got up to about a million in France. And, right, OK. Um, I think had OK business in, in the States and so on. But yeah. you know, probably most people were releasing it mm-hmm. off the back of being nominated for the Oscar or winning the Oscar. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, yeah, I mean, like I say, I mean, they, they, they released it too soon to actually really make anything well, out of the... Out of that, and and they released yeah, and they released it too soon in terms of coming just after the London film festival screenings, yeah. and also still when film festival season's in full swing, and then the people who, I guess you're kind of more mainstream mm. audience who you might get a bit of crossover with, they'd be film festivaled out by that stage. Yeah. London film festival is just incredibly expensive. Yeah. Anyway, so you're not maybe in the mood. You need to save. You certainly need to save for a few months to, to be able to afford to go out <laughs> cinema again. But in terms of box office, mm. you know, generally, he's not exactly. No. You know, so it's an interesting. I mean, it's a good film. Did you um, prefer? Is it better? I haven't seen it. Did you prefer to drive my car? Which I haven't I pref- seen. I prefer drive my car. Okay. But, I haven't seen um, that either. But. <laughs> but yeah, as you say, I mean, there are quite. It is quite a. It's. It's. There's no. We. Best one of the world would be very unlikely to have for this to have the breakthrough success of something like your, yeah, your parasite. But the, the yeah. name, the name might drag, like trick some people in. Evil does not exist. That's a pretty good name, and you might think it's a horror, or you, not a horror, but something like a dark. It sounds like a kind of Park Chan Wook type thing, or is it? I'm guessing it's not. Yeah, not oh. for most of it. What's that? <laughs> not for most of it. But it's a darker film. I mean, yeah, there, there, there is, there is. It does, it does come into it. How, how it long quite is surprising. it? Uh, it's because driving my car is a, a three three hour uh, film. But you know, to be fair, it never felt like three hours. But this is one hundred and six minutes. He said. Oh, okay, okay, but okay. So I'll go. I'll watch that then. Yeah, just because I haven't seen any of his films because they're slow. Well, since Happy Hour. You watched Happy oh, Hour, didn't you? Oh, Happy Hour, right. Yeah. No, I liked Happy Hour. I mean, yeah. It's a five-hour yeah. film. I was fine with it. It's just three yeah. hours I don't <laughs> like, and, uh, you know, unless there's a very good reason. And Drive My Car, the trailer just looked ponderous, you, you know, to put it mildly. And it, again, it, I'm not cri- I, I'm not criticising it in the same way I'd criticise without having seen Past Lives, because with him, I understand that he's a very good director, and it's just not my thing, that kind of bit of slow cinema and whatnot and everything. It's just not my bag. But I can understand he's a very good filmmaker. Uh, so if this is less than two hours, then I'll give it a mm. shot, and then yeah, yeah, sure. We'll see if I actually get if I get a preview of it somewhere. <laughs> if I, it, I don't know. It's a, it is not just in terms of the uh, the the weirdness of your effectively undercutting your own release by doing so many previews, but is that maybe the point that they're not they don't think they're going to get many screenings for it for the actual release? So they do so they're top loading it, and this is actually the release. It's an odd one. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Well, know I mean, the but, but you know, to be fair, the BFI was 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 going to be a release that when they they, yeah. they screen a film, it mm. wasn't meant. It wasn't going to be. Yeah, that's true. Preview that's screens, true. No, no, but they had right. to retitle everything. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. So that's true. It's a, it's um. Ray, we've wasn't got twenty preview screenings this week, in every one of our cinemas. It might have been a miscommunication <laughs> across wire. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. Knowing both modern films and our good friends at the BFI. But um, I think that's it. I think that's about yeah. it. There, yeah. there's, I mean, we've just finished our Chinese New Year screening, so that's nothing else on our side. I don't think this, this is kind of a bit of a, a lull. Uh, mm. I guess we've got Glasgow Film Festival starting um, you know, at the end of February, start of March. But apart from that, it's a fairly quiet 
quite this time now. Yeah. Because we've had, yeah. we've got Berlin coming up so that people don't clash with Berlin and we've had, just had Rotterdam. So for UK, the, a lot of those films would be interesting to see if how many of those get programmed around the way. You know, yeah. From, from Rotterdam and Berlin. So yeah, we're at that kind of start of the festival calendar, mm. award season coming up kind of time. So yes, yeah. yeah. Interesting, interesting times ahead or, or not. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So that's it for now. Yeah. Don't forget you can find all of our previous episodes on Apple, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm. Subscribe now and you'll never miss an episode. But yeah. for now, cheers. cheers.